Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. Jump on in with me. Buckle up and let's take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, the first bale of cotton was harvested here in Texas back in July. We had the first bale auction just a couple of weeks ago, and that auction set a record. We'll take a look at how much that cotton bale brought and what those funds are used for to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. Here at harvest time in the Texas High Plains, Strong commodity prices are great news, but high production costs are causing farmers to restrain their celebration. I'm James Hunt, and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. Some say voluntary carbon markets could help farmers, ranchers, and foresters capture a new income stream, but possible participants say there are more questions than answers right now. I'm Gary Joyner, and I'll have those details on Texas Ag Today. October is a great gardening month in Texas. Please join me, John Begno, as we talk about chores that we can do in Texas in October. We'll have those stories, plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. The 2021 first bale of cotton auction and scholarship fundraiser brought in a record $20,500. Sam Simmons is chairman of the Harlingen Cotton Committee. The funds generated from the auction of the first bell are donated. Well, most of them are donated to our scholarship program uh, this year. And the past year, we have donated to Southern Careers Institute's welding program in Harlingen. Uh, prior to that, we donated to TSTC, had an ag program down here. Uh, it's unfortunately, they don't have that program anymore. You know, so we had to kind of change gears in the middle of COVID and everything. And looking around, we, we decided, well, while it's not an ag program, it is ag related. I mean, try fixing a toolbar without a competent welder. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it's been it's been a good partnership, and and people are really happy to give money to the local community. This year was a bit different in that the nation's first bale of cotton did not come from the Rio Grande Valley. It was grown in Nueces County near Corpus Christi. It was a BASF FiberMax 1830 GLT variety, and BASF's Mark Kelling says they had the winning bid at the auction. We've been fortunate to have a FiberMax variety as part of the first bale that's harvested over the last eight years. So we've been participating in the event for the past eight years and uh, have purchased the bale for the last eight years in a row. So it is an exciting event. It's a way for us to sponsor and support the local ag industry. Uh, and ag is such a big part of the Rio Grande Valley. We 
want to support our youth because they are the future of ag. The first bale auction has been held in the Rio Grande Valley since the late 1800s. Texas youth walked away with some money in their pockets at the State Fair of Texas. Texas youth brought in more than a million and a half dollars with their projects at the State Fair of Texas annual Big Tex Youth Livestock Auction over the weekend. This year's grand champion market steer was raised by 10-year-old Mason Grady of Johnson County 4-H. It brought in $126,000. The grand champion market barrow, sold by Camlin Mason of Montgomery County 4-H, brought in $25,000. Becton Hogg of Lubbock County 4-H raised the grand champion market lamb. It sold for $15,000. The grand champion market goat was raised by Sonny Cowley of Randall County. County 4-H, it brought in $16,000. And last, but certainly not least, the Grand Champion Market Broiler, raised by Daniel Lee of Wilson County, was sold for $12,500. The State Fair of Texas continues at Fair Park in Dallas through October 17th. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. Corn and sorghum harvests are wrapping up here in Texas. The latest crop progress and condition report showing 86% of the Texas corn crop now harvested, 84% of the sorghum is harvested. Cotton harvest, however, just about a quarter done, 23% of the Texas cotton harvested in this latest report. High crop prices are a welcome change this year, but James Hunt tells us Texas High Plains farmers are being pressured by production costs. Up in the Dalhart area, Robert Gordon is starting his harvest. And although that long stretch of hot and dry weather we went through in August and September likely limited his production somewhat, overall he's happy with this season's outcome. I think the yields are pretty good. We sure can't complain. Um, You know, they're probably not the best we've ever had, but they're going to sure be average or maybe a little above. Gordon's summer crops include corn and sorghum two commodities that are commanding pretty good prices right now, although some of that reward is being eaten up by rising input costs. Fertilizer has basically doubled, and some of it's actually more than doubled. And part of our chemicals have doubled. Of course, natural gas is a big player. You know, we're in an irrigated country, and it's really spiked up their highs. You know, we're just fortunate that the commodity prices have come up but uh, they're going to need to come up more with these inputs going up the way they're going up. Do you think you'll still be able to make a profit on your summer crops? Oh, I think I think so. I think so. It's going to be a little tighter. You know, everything's got to work just right. We're, uh, we're optimists. We have to be to be in this business. And as he holds on to that optimism, along with harvesting his summer crops, Gordon is also getting things going with his winter wheat. He typically raises his wheat to grain, but Gordon says for his farm, wheat primarily serves as a rotational crop that helps protect against wind erosion and helps preserve soil moisture. We go in and, and spray the stubble after wheat harvest, and then we just no-till corn in it the next year, and that seems to work really well. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. October is a great gardening month here in Texas. San Angelo horticulturalist John Begno looks at some gardening chores for this month. Well, October's cooled down, of course, and we expect that every year. We sometimes get a little moisture, sometimes we don't. But it is a great gardening season for a lot of reasons. For one thing, of course, night temperatures are not so hot like they are in August and early September. It's a great planting time 
probably one of the best times of year to plant trees and hardy shrubs. If you're going to be planting things that might freeze to the ground, like perennials, lantanas, and things like that, don't do that. Let's just hold off on that until next spring, because if we do have a difficult or hard winter, we won't lose those plants. Cool season vegetables, it's a great time for Brussels sprouts, broccoli, radishes, carrots, onions, on and on and on. This is the time that they are either seeded or transplanted, put in the ground and will grow and can tolerate some freezes. Now, that deep freeze of February last year, all bets are off, of course, but we've seen broccoli in lots of parts of Texas make it all the way till spring. And for pre-emergence weed control, if you've had winter weeds in past, a lot of that wild rye or rescue grass or henbit for the central part of the state and even up to the the northern part it's a great month to put out a product that will prevent those weed seeds from germinating so if you had a lot of weed seeds you're gonna have weeds this winter and pre-emergence is a great ticket for control fall fertilizer time to wrap that up we like october fertilizing of trees and shrubs and one last time on turf grass because it gets it strong and prepared for the winter months so get that done and last thing is to prune deadwood It's easy to see dead wood right now that are in the trees as either from the resulting freeze we had this last winter or just something that might have died during the summer. Go ahead and take that out. It's not coming back to life. So remember, there's a lot of things that you can do in October. You're preparing your plants for the winter. This is John Begner reporting from San Angelo. Net farm income is expected to be up this year. Gary Joyner has more. There's some good news out of Washington. A new forecast from U.S. Department of Agriculture projects increased net farm income for fiscal year 2021. The agency expects net farm income to increase $18.5 billion from 2020, or 19.5%, to $113 billion. The forecast puts net farm income at the highest level since 2013. The American Farm Bureau Federation says 68% of that increase in receipts is due to a price impact, which means about 30% of that increase is due to increases in the quantity sold. Increased commodity prices are the biggest factor. Receipts from corn, soybeans, and wheat are forecast to increase by $38 billion. For animal products, an increase of $26 billion is anticipated. On the other side of the ledger, higher expenses on the farm are also forecast. Those expenses are up 7% from last year. That adds up to about a $26 billion increase. Higher fuel and oil prices, increases in fertilizer prices, and labor expenses are the big drivers for the increase. I'm Gary Joyner for Texas Ag Today. Texas hunters who are interested in learning how to bow hunt are in luck. There's a free workshop this weekend. I'm Jessica Dolmel, and I'll have that story coming up on Texas Ag Today. And if you have an aggressive dog, there may be some things you can do to fix that problem. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. Parenting is full of surprises. You never know what to expect. So after our son was born, I called my Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent to set up a life insurance policy in case something happened to me. Sawyer is now two. And we'll soon have a sister. There's no one else I would trust with protecting my family. 
Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com for an agent you can trust with life's most important decisions. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. If you have an aggressive dog, there may be some things you can do to fix that problem. Veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has some advice. The first thing to do is try to find out why the dog is aggressive and can we change something in the management to help. Many times it is just the behavior of an individual dog, but sometimes there is a trigger situation involved. Identifying the trigger is key and noticing any fear or anxiety in the pet is important. Defensive postures include pinback ears, lip licking, panting, and wrinkled brow and tucked tail. Offensive postures include a high-held tail, leaning forward, direct staring, erect ears, and a tall, stiff body posture. If the target is other dogs, the aggressive dog should always be on a leash and avoid other dogs as much as possible. For example, we have clients with dogs that are aggressive to other dogs remain in their vehicles at our clinic until other dogs are not visible and then enter through a back door to avoid exposure to other dogs. Dogs aggressive to people should be walked at a time of low human traffic and should be confined in a separate room when visitors to the home are present. The owner may be liable if a dog bite occurs, especially if the dog is known to be a human aggressive. If the aggression is toward a member of the household, avoidance can be difficult. This is a situation that is very difficult to handle as these dogs cannot be trusted and you cannot afford to take a chance with human safety. There are training techniques that can be successful, but I would recommend contacting a veterinary behaviorist as this is not a situation for amateur trainers. Likewise, there are multiple anti-anxiety medications available that may be helpful, but the problem is being able to trust an aggressive dog. I'm Dr. Bob Judd on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. If you're interested in learning how to bow hunt, there's a free workshop coming up that can help. Jessica Domel tells more about it in today's Wildlife Report. The archery-only hunting seasons for white-tailed and mule deer and wild turkey are open now. And for those hunters who are interested in learning how to bow hunt, the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department is offering a free workshop this weekend in Spring Branch. The Explore Bow Hunting Workshop will be held from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. at Guadalupe River State Park. Travis Glick, TPWD's Community Archery Specialist for Central Texas, joins us with more. We're going to introduce some basic archery skills for people to try out in a series of games and activities. And we'll go through everything from how to choose your camouflage appropriately to how to skin and quarter a deer. We really kind of go through as many opportunities as we can to help break down those barriers of entry for participants. That workshop is free and open to the public. They just need to show up at the state park. Like I said, it starts at nine. It's the same as any other state park activity. Once you get in and pay your day use fee, come on over to the equestrian trailhead and uh, we'll be there from nine to one doing all kinds of fun stuff focused around bow hunting. That was Travis Glick with the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department. Again, that event is this weekend at Guadalupe River State Park. The Parks and Wildlife Department and Texas State Parks will celebrate a milestone at another state park north of Dallas this weekend. The grand opening of the new Nature Center at the Johnson Branch of the Ray Roberts Lake State Park will be held from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. on Saturday. 
The event will include a ribbon cutting and tours of the new facility. There will also be numerous activities for children and booths showing TPWD programs, outdoor recreation opportunities, and TPWD jobs. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. It has been a wild ride in the cotton market over the last couple of weeks, so how did things shake out on Wednesday? We'll take a look back at all of Wednesday's livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. As harvest begins, the American Seed Trade Association reminds farmers to be diligent in taking the proper precautions to ensure treated seed does not enter the domestic or export grain supply. When properly handled, seed treatments are an effective agronomic tool that provides seeds the necessary protection for a strong, healthy start. Completely remove all treated seed left in containers and equipment used to handle harvested grain and dispose of it properly. Always be careful to follow state and federal guidelines for proper handling, storage, and disposal of treated seed. For more information, visit seed-treatment-guide.com or contact your seed dealer. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. Another higher close in the cattle market on Wednesday. This has been a great week of recovery for both live and feeder cattle futures. Here's how we wrap things up with October live cattle up a dollar, 123.82. The December up 37 cents, 128.22. February live cattle up 42 cents, 133.17. Same story in the feeder cattle market. October feeders up 70, 156.80. November feeder cattle up $1.25, 158.12. The January up $1.50, 158.77. Cash fed cattle trade started to pick up on Wednesday. We saw sales out in the country ranging from 122 to 124 here in the south. We also had the online fed cattle exchange on Wednesday. They sold 295 head of Texas cattle. They sold at 124 and a quarter. Boxed beef was lower on Wednesday. Choice down 13 cents, 287.58. Select down $1.52 at 266.26. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Here's your first glass of iced tea and uh, auctioneer report from Russell Heller, Lexington Livestock Commission Company. They sell them every Saturday. Russell, how was that sale this last week? Yes, sir. Sale was good. 582 total head with 89 cows. Let's walk the pins. All right. Thinner packer cows, 23 to 53. Better cows, 54 to 75. On the steering bull calves, 3 to 4 pounds, 115 to $2. 4 to 5 weights, 110 to 180. 5 to 6 weights, $1.05 to 160. 6 to 7 weights, $1 to 148. 7 to 8 weights, 95 to 143. On the heifers, 3 to 4 pound heifers, 110 to 170. Four to five weights a dollar, five to one sixty, five to six weights a dollar to one fifty, six to seven weights ninety five to one thirty seven, seven to eight weights ninety to one twenty eight. What's the most active weight classification in regards to the buyers? Um right now the better calves kinda weighing three fifty, three sixty up to four fifty or sixty. Those are the ones bringing the most per pound. Okay. And they've got the most places you can go too, I guess so. Yes, sir. You can either put them on some oats or wheat or you can kinda grow them a little while, so that's what they're kinda wanting right now. Speaking of your oats and wheat and rye, where is 
is it at in a growth stage? Yes, sir. A lot of people have it planted, and we just had anywhere from an inch and a half to three inches of rain this past week, so that'll help help everybody out. And the ones that haven't planted, they're going to have some moisture in the ground, so they'll go get after it now. All right. There's none of it that's up and to where you can grow it yet? Not yet, no, sir. Okay. All right. Well, what do we know for this next Saturday? Oh, one man's going to have about 30 kids that he told me, and one other one's going to have about 25 or 30. All right. We've got to start to a successful sale this next Saturday in Lexington. Russell Heller and crew, tell everybody how to get a hold of you, Russell. Yes, sir. You can get me on my cell, and that number is 979-820-7002. Neighbor, that's it for Walking the Pins, a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. I'm Larry Marble. I've been your host, and I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks, Larry. Back over to the futures market now where lean hogs close lower. October hogs down $1.35, 89.62. December down 82 cents, 81.72. Class 3 milk was mixed. The October down 13 at 18.08, 100, while November milk was up 3 cents, 18.59. The volatility continues in the cotton market. We saw some big swings in prices. In fact, we hit limit up once again on Wednesday, but we pulled that back down before the close. Nonetheless, we did close well above $1.10. Of course, the same factors we've been watching continue to support this market. We have strong demand around the world for cotton, as well as concerns over the crop here in the U.S., as well as around the globe in places like India and China. We closed with December cotton up 213 points to finish at 111.06. The March contract up 158 points, closing at 108.17. Harvest pressure continues to keep a lid on the corn market. We finished lower on Wednesday. December corn down five and a quarter, five thirty-two and a quarter. March corn down five at five forty-one a bushel. Both hard and soft wheat finished higher. July Kansas City wheat up six and three quarters, seven forty-six and three quarters. July Chicago wheat up a nickel, seven forty-six a bushel. In the energy markets, we saw lower prices on Wednesday. November natural gas down 61 at 5.69. November crude oil down $1.99, 76.94 a barrel. The financial market slightly higher on Wednesday. The Dow up 18 points, 34,332. The Nasdaq up 17 at 14,450. The S&P up 4, 4,349. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. I'm Kerry Martin. Hope to see you next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state on the planet, Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website, at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.